ladies, puberty, PMT, pregnancy, the menopause. Yes, your hormones have been taking you for a ride for years. Hot flushes on the bus, menopausal meltdowns in the office. Whatever those hormones have made you do, Jenny Smith and Kate Bouse are here to lend a sympathetic ear. Why not write in and share your hormonal hell with the girls? Don't worry, they've heard it all before. It's time to put those hormones in the firing line. This is Dear Hormones. Welcome to your safe space, ladies. Coming up on today's show, when shoe shopping meets the menopause, menstrual mayhem at the swimming pool, and how a brain fog episode led to a police intervention. Hello and welcome back to Dear Hormones. Hi Kate. Hello everybody. Now Kate, you just had to take a layer off there. Is, can we put that down as a hot flush or is that just because you've got too many layers on? <laughs> I think that's because I've got literally six jumpers on, I think. It's so cold in our house, but I seem to be in a warm spot at the moment. Good. Anyway, Kate, listen, we are, we, guys, we're a little bit pressed for time today. We're squeezing this in between um, a lunchtime and a school pickup. So I think we better crack on, Kate. Let's go straight for it. So our first letter is called Tights. And this comes from Gay in Devon. And it's, I absolutely love this story, Kate. I think you're going to love it too. Dear Jenny and Kate, whether I was perimenopausal or suffering from PMT, I'm not entirely sure. But this experience has been cemented into my memory for decades. This was the hunt for school shoes day. Need I say more? <laughs> I've actually had some tetchy moments with my son. <laughs> I've had many of those. My daughter, Gemma, and I had visited numerous children's shoe shops with no success, constantly arguing between the two of us on what would be suitable for school. So this was our final chance to get a pair of shoes that both Gemma and I could both agree on. Do you know, I can still remember that even from when I was at school. Can you remember? I always desperately wanted those patent ones, those really shiny ones. And yes. I felt like all my friends had them, but I wasn't allowed them. You, Kate, I love your saying this. Me too. Nor was I. Well, no. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, my friends all seemed to have them and they did them in Clark's. But my mum felt that Clark's shoes were not the best for my feet and that I had to have Start Right because Start Right would be better. And But Start Right didn't do the shiny patent ones. And so I was I just always felt that I was the, the uncool. <laughs> you know? Well, that's interesting you can say that because... Clarks were considered the acceptable shoe, sensible shoe. So in my in my school, if you had to have a sensible shoe, you had to get this particular pair from Clarks that had a very slight point on them. So it, oh. it felt it was the eighties, so it had it was slightly trendy, but Clarks and sensible. Now I didn't get these shoes. I went shopping this one particular day with my mum and my sister. My sister was eighteen months older than me, a teenager, and I'm sure she won't mind me saying this. Probably slightly had it in for me at all times. <laughs> In some small way. And we went to this shoe, shoe shop. I'm not sure if she's going to remember this, but it's cemented onto my brain. We went to this shoe shop and there was the most hideous pair of shoes you'd ever seen in your life. Now, I think we'd been to a few shops and this was, again, getting a bit stressful. This was the last one. And she picked up this pair of shoes and said, these ones look all right, mum. Look at these ones. Look at these ones for me. And I could see they weren't very nice shoes and I didn't really want them. And I don't know how it happened, but I ended up getting these shoes. And then I remember going to school the next day 
And the horrible girls in my class, you know those girls. We all, they're, they're in every <laughs> class, aren't they? <laughs> Spot, spotting the shoes. And this one particular girl, I won't mention her name, she was sitting opposite me and she went under the table, like literally went, her whole head went under the table just so she could look at my shoes and came back laughing. It was awful. So oh. the next day... I then tried to smuggle in a pair of other shoes that I had that I thought would be acceptable. And guess what? My sister saw it and made a big deal about it. Oh, Jen is trying to smuggle some shoes. Look, look, she's got these shoes in her bag. So then, thankfully, my lovely dad, who saw what was happening, said, is there a problem with these shoes, Jenny? And I was like, yeah, people are taking the mickey out of me. They're not right. He goes, well, we'll go shopping tonight and we'll get you some better shoes. And that was when we went to get the acceptable Clark slightly pointed shoe, which I knew I could have. But then that day we drove into this car park ready to buy these shoes. And I was so relieved and I was so excited. And I swung my car door open in this car park. And as I did that, a car was coming by. This car drove right into the car door and scraped right down the side of the car door. And that was like the whole scenario that led to me buying the shoes, feeling guilty because I'd created this horrific car accident, basically. And then my sister leaping out of the car. And um, then the woman saying, I don't know which one of you did this. And my sister going, it was her. It was her <laughs> pointing at me in the car. I was only about 12. Yeah. I remember my dad saying, well, that was a very expensive pair of shoes, wasn't it, Jenny? <laughs> it wasn't your fault Jenny goodness I mean I hope I hope she felt a bit bad about that afterwards well that is a that's one hell of a shoe story so I don't know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if poor old gay can gay compete with that yeah she can <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different letter coming up here Kate but I think you're gonna love it um anyway well so anyway sorry we t- totally digressed there didn't we where, where are we up to so it was a hunt for school shoes um need I say more no you need not say more my daughter Gemma and I had visited numerous shoe shops with no success, constantly arguing between the two of us on what would be suitable for school. So this was our final chance to get a pair of shoes that both Gemma and I could both agree on. Feeling stressed, hungry and exhausted, we entered the shop and were met by a monosyllabic and disinterested member of staff who told us that Gem needed a sock to try on a pair of shoes. Now, all the other shops had provided socks, but oh no not this shop, and this woman was not going to oblige. Apparently, Jem's footwear wasn't suitable, so I asked if she could just try on the shoes quickly without a sock. An emphatic no was the answer. Now, bear in mind, this mum, she's either perimenopausal or got PMT, and that sort of oh. stuff, when I was P- had PMT, would have made my blood boil. And they do have, I remember in those shops, they always had a pop sock, didn't they? So... Why not in this shop? <laughs> exactly. It's not her fault. The shop's yeah. Yeah. Furious and feeling hormonal, I told her that there was nothing for it but to pull one of my legs out of my tights so that my daughter could slip her foot into a free leg. Because <laughs> 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 I'm going to read that again. Furious and feeling hormonal, I told her that there was nothing for it but to pull one of my legs out of my tights so that my daughter could slip her foot into the free leg, thinking she would be horrified at the thought of this bizarre behaviour and relent. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can imagine that too, can't you? Well, all right then, well, she should just have to put her foot in my tight then. Obviously the only thing to do, if you're not going to give me, if you're not going to let her do it without any any socks on, though, she's just going to have to put my tight on, isn't she? Right, okay then. You can just imagine it, can't you? (laughs) She thinks this shopkeeper is going to relent and say, okay, just slip them on, but she hasn't. But oh no, this bloody woman wasn't having 
any of it. So there was nothing for it but to peel down one leg of, one leg of my tights and shove Jem's foot into it. The two of us then proceeded to hobble, <laughs> to hobble around the shop floor, stuck together like a pair of conjoined twins. Okay, imagine it. Imagine now it's you and your daughter. You've got one leg out of your tight. Oh, and how would the shopkeeper be? I think the shopkeeper was probably enjoying this, I, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. She's probably loving it. Um, the baffled looks we received from the other customers were to be believed. Anyone would have thought we were in a three-legged race. <laughs> we did actually buy the wretched shoes in the end. Oh, now that's annoying. Oh, to have to get them from that shopkeeper. Who's, yes. Yeah, you sort of almost don't want to get them from her after she's made you go through. No, you don't want to give her the sale. Oh, oh. no way. She says, poor Jem. It was so embarrassing for her. I mean, imagine the daughter is like a teenager. Um, she goes, it was so embarrassing for her in more ways than one. I'm surprised my daughter hasn't been scarred for life by this experience. A hormonal mother and a very unhelpful shop assistant. Very unhelpful. Oh, gay. <laughs> you have made my day with that story. What an excellent oh, image. So great. It's so good, isn't it? And I just love that because I don't think that would have happened if she hadn't been hormonal. I know that feeling of just trying to embarrass the shopkeeper into sort of saying, oh, OK, fine. She doesn't need to put a sock on. But then she called her bluff. <laughs> <laughs> and then she had to go through with it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, I'd love to have seen that, wouldn't you? Very, oh. very funny. I love the variety of the letters that we get. I mean, you know, how you, you couldn't, couldn't you make, couldn't it, make up, it up, could you? No, you couldn't make it up. I'd love to get that story now from uh, Gemma's perspective. <laughs> From from a te- you know a young teen going through something like that. That would be really great, wouldn't it, to have like a sort of a double a double letter sometime from a mum and a, yes. a child, if there's and to get to get the two perspectives. Yeah, in fact, Gay, if you're listening, get in touch with your daughter and ask her for her for her side of the story as well, <laughs> and we'll read that out in another episode. Oh, thank you so much. That was a that was a brilliant one. Thank you. Great start to the show. Thank you very much, Gay. Um, our next letter is another flooding story, Jenny. Oh, is it? It is indeed. Brilliant. They keep on coming, don't they? These flooding stories. Just keep on coming. This has been sent to us by Nina, who says, Dear Jenny and Kate. Can I just say, um, I don't know another two women who would get quite so excited by someone's flooding stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you're, gonna, you're going to find out that, that Nina also has been getting excited about all of our flooding stories because she starts her letter by saying, Dear Jenny and Kate, I must confess, I have thoroughly enjoyed the flooding letters that you have been reading out recently. Here comes another. These letters sure are flooding in for you, ladies. <laughs> like it. <laughs> like it, Nina. I have always had extremely light periods. A mini Tampax suffices for me. And after a couple of days each month, even that becomes redundant. I've heard many mums talk about how they've enjoyed the break from periods that breastfeeding their babies gave them. But for me, with my periods being such a non-event, when my period started up again, after I'd finished breastfeeding my third baby, this seemed like no biggie. I came on just as we were headed for a family swim. Three children, hubby and me. Not a problem. A quick stop off at the service station en route and I was all set. Slightly annoying that there were no mini tampacks to be had, only the regular. Hey-ho. We arrived at the pool. Cozy on, tampacks in. I was ready, and so were my three little ones, baby and all. 
well done me. Yeah. I mean, that's quite a feat in itself, even without the tampons in the period, isn't it? Like just getting three kids to a swimming pool. It's so hard, you know, when you have a baby as well and you've got to do all this of the nappy stuff and the swimming nappy and, you know, and then you have like some children who are a bit cold and it's particularly when they get out, isn't it, that I think that's the worst time. Yeah. Yeah. One of the happiest days of my life was when my son could go in that swimming pool by himself and I didn't have to get in there with him. Oh, <laughs> That whole rigmarole. Oh, oh, it's a rigmarole. You're so right. That's the perfect word. And you've got to take all those. Yeah, I used to find you had to take lots of snacks with you because without snacks, oh. so that you can sort of hand them the snacks whilst you, so you can then be doing one of them while the others are yeah, distracted with plenty of chocolate, breadsticks. Yeah, and sometimes you'd go into those changing rooms, wouldn't you? And somebody else had had a snack in there and Ooh. you know those little bars and they'd been left on the floor and soaked up with all the pool water yeah. and then that's everywhere. Oh, filthy. Oh, yeah. Kate, yeah. I was always I feel... careful with the snacks. I tried to make sure that they well, didn't. Well, you're well you know, done. Yeah, I was. But yeah, yuck. Yeah, Nina, we feel your pain. <laughs> and you haven't even started yet, but we're feeling <laughs> your pain. <laughs> anyway, she's, she's got a cosy on. Tampax is in. They're all ready. She's well done me. This was a super duper fun pool. And my husband and I took turns whizzing down the slide with the older two children, whilst one of us stayed with the baby. All too soon, our colour-coded wristbands declared that it was time for us to leave the pool. And in retrospect, I'm so grateful for those bands. I needed a wee, and so I left my husband with our three small wet children whilst I nipped into the ladies. I'll only be a minute, I called merrily over my shoulder. I was wearing a two-piece costume and I pulled down the lower half when I was safely inside the cubicle. But what was this? As I did so, blood dripped from my lower regions all over the floor. This wasn't right. This had never (laughs) happened to me. Even had I forgotten to put the tampon in and I was sure I hadn't, I wouldn't expect this amount of blood. I was simply baffled by the whole thing, my periods having always been the lightest of the light. Never mind, I thought, and I wiped the mess from the floor. But as I did, more and more blood was appearing all around me. Okay, tampon was evidently full. Time to whip it out. I was slightly (laughs) crouched, but half standing, I guess. (laughs) Oh no, what's going to happen? For for most of that letter, I've actually not imagined her in a toilet. I thought she was in the changing room. Oh no! Crouched over in one of those little. She's in the toilet. Good. She's in the toilet, so it's all right. She's in the cubicle, but she's she's bleeding everywhere. So yeah, you know, this is a big surprise to her because she's never experienced this before. And in a swimming pool where the floor's already wet, if anything's dripping on the floor, it's all going to spread out and disperse, isn't it? It's going to disperse. Exactly. Oh, Nina. Oh, tampon was evidently full. Time to whip it out. I was slightly crouched, but half standing, I guess, as I whipped it. And as I did, (laughs) blood flew out of my nether regions and stopped. (laughs) Flew out. (laughs) Do you think that's with the speed of whipping the tampons out when it flips out? It flipped out. (laughs) I whipped it out. As I did, blood flew out of my nether regions and spattered over every wall, the door, the toilet, all over everything. Oh my God, Okay, <laughs> I can only liken this to a dog shaking water off its fur and that water <laughs> flying in all directions. Oh my God. <laughs> like that, but with my blood. <laughs> oh. 
my God, oh. she's already got three kids in the pool. She's already got that to come. She's having to deal with this before the carnage of getting the kids ready. She's oh, got God. this to handle. It looked like a crime scene. <laughs> Do, do you think, you know, like on CSI Miami, did, did you ever watch that one? They used to recreate splatter, blood splatter scenes. I could just imagine trying to recreate that one. She's got it all over every wall, all over everything, like in every crevice has gone everywhere. Oh, oh, no. oh, I know I was in a cubicle where I couldn't be seen, but for some reason I was gripped by a crazy panic. How was I ever going to, how was I ever going to clear this up? And how was I ever going to get out of the ladies if my blood kept flowing like this? Unless she took a tampon and left it on the side. She's not going to have a tampax with her, is she, right now? I really don't think so. I was also aware that Hubby was left with the baby and little children and that he would be finding that situation stressful. And I can relate here because, you know, going to swimming pools with my family... You know, my husband is great, but changing the getting the children changed, no, it just stresses yeah. him out completely. So yeah, 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 especially when there's three Kates. I mean, she's got three <laughs> as well. You know, the same as you. I mean, I found it hard enough with one. So the fact that there are three kids now involved, and like, yeah, and you do worry about your other half. So she's stressing about how he how he's going to be getting on yeah. with the whole thing and how all of them are. <laughs> She's in the middle of a crime scene. She's got to get herself out of this and she doesn't have a tampax with her. She certainly has not, no. Mm. Oh, So she's aware that he's going to be finding the situation stressful. He would have no idea that the situation I was facing was stressful on a whole nother level. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a good 10 minutes to make that cubicle presentable again. Oh my God. The floor was watery as this is a swimming pool toilet. (laughs) That's what I was saying earlier, yes. And so my blood had run in rivulets all around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can I just say, Nina, we're not laughing at you, kind of laughing along with you here. We have massive amount of sympathy, but this is very funny at the same time. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Had run in rivulets all around and possibly under the wall into the neighbouring cubicle, I'm afraid. Can I just say that is something you do not want to see if you're in the other cubicle. No. You're barefoot, you just come out the pool, you're already dripping water all over the floor and then you see blood coming from the neighbouring. Oh my God, cubicle, you don't need that. Oh, but I decided that out of sight, out of mind was a good motto for this day. Too right. <laughs> just going to deal with their own cubicle and I'm afraid next door cubicle, we're not worrying about yeah. that. Yeah. The walls were where I really had my work cut out. And- <laughs> I mean, I'm still, I'm just trying to imagine, because yeah, I suppose a sodden, heavy tampax, like laden with water and blood. You're then whipping, I'm trying to think how the walls got it, but I, it's the whipping out motion, isn't it? It would have just like gone. <laughs> That's what's happened. Oh, and for the walls, I chose another motto. You can only ever do your best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this letter. <laughs> oh, I shoved a plethora of rue roll, you know where. <laughs> <laughs> just you like your <laughs> like the bandages uh, the other letter that we had the bandages that's what she says she says I shoved a plethora of Leroy you know where just like your postman's hat writer and exited the cubicle to be greeted by a very stressed husband as I'd known I would be poor her she comes out she's had this like horrendous situation and she comes out to probably like all the children wailing and her husband going like what have you been doing in there yeah exactly her husband probably <laughs> quite cross with her it's the last thing you need in that situation is it but you he would have been ages been... Poor Nina. (laughs) My periods have since returned to their incredibly light nature, but I am now filled with gratitude for the fact that that is the case. 
I've also made a permanent transition from mini Tampax to regular. Who knows, <laughs> with impending perimenopausal years, when a mega period might strike again. <laughs> Thank you, dear ladies, for all the joy your listeners' stories bring me. Nina. <laughs> that is an absolutely priceless letter. That's so good, isn't it? Oh. So that's interesting, isn't it, that her flooding episode wasn't linked to the perimenopause. It was linked to a hormonal change, I'm guessing, that came when she stopped breastfeeding her child. So, um, yeah. And I think I've mentioned to you before, because you talked to me about um, night sweats, and I said that I had them a little bit around the times after I'd given birth or after I'd after I stopped breastfeeding I think that probably was a time when when that happened for me so those can be times when when our hormones are very much affected and Nina certainly were here she would have had that situation no doubt with obviously it was a heavy period but the fact she'd been swimming you know like we talked about the water soaking it up like a sponge so she would have just had like double the volume wouldn't she <laughs> when she whipped that out <laughs> Splashed it around the entire toilet. Oh, and I bet that husband was fuming, wouldn't he? Before he realised, he would have been fuming. I hope he, I hope when he realised what had happened, I hope he was very understanding. So do I, fingers crossed. Oh, Nina, what a great letter. Thank you, Nina. So, um, our next letter, well... She's come up trumps again. It's another one from Auntie Joy. Oh, it's Auntie Joy. I know, I know. Now, this is another one that I asked her to write in because this is another example of brain fog. And uh, yeah, so I've begged her for another story. I know this is the second one for this uh, season from Auntie Joy, but we do We can them, never have too many. Thank you, Joy. Thank you so much. Um, can I just say to anyone else listening out there, I'm not making these up. Auntie Joy is real. <laughs> and, these re <laughs> and these really are stories that have happened to her. Anyway, here we go. Auntie Joy, she says... The date was the 18th of January, 1991. I was booked to go into hospital to undergo tests for memory loss, brain fog, and basically trying to live through each day in a continuous muddle. The tests would last for five days at the neurological hospital in Stoke-on-Trent. It was either failing to stop at red traffic lights or forgetting to pick the boys up from school that first raised concerns with my GP. But I knew enough to know that at 43 years, the perimenopausal years were beginning to work their mischief. I did try to explain to my doctor that I had just moved house, just seen my mum through major heart surgery, had finally received a long-awaited diagnosis for my son's dyslexia, and that my periods were jumping around all over the place alongside irrational behaviour patterns. Many of which we've heard about, thank you Auntie Joy. <laughs> We lived in mid Wales at the time, so quite a distance from Stoke. However, against my anxious husband's wishes, I insisted on going by myself on the train. There are only the two changes at Shrewsbury and Crewe, I argued back, trying not to sound too excited, for I was determined to enjoy myself, and between you and me, I was looking forward to the rest, an unexpected break away from recent pressures. But my husband looked unsure, and to be honest, terrified. I suppose so, if she's been doing all those things. Yeah. She spins such a good tale. I'm remembering now that you said that she's doing a writing course. She you? is. Mm. Yeah, she's good, isn't she? Great. In fact, she told me the other day that she's basically teacher's pet in that uh, class. And her teacher had said, this story is so good, Joy, that she'd just written. I think you should enter it for some competitions. <gasps> so, yeah, she's oh, top of the class. You can see why, can't you? on that. Can. She, yeah. Um, so anyway, her husband's looking unsure and, to be honest, terrified with the fact she's going off by herself with all her memory loss issues. I packed a small case, a brown, old-fashioned leather one, which looked tired and careworn, rather like me. 
And after waving the boys goodbye and assuring them they would soon see a new and responsible mummy return to them, then allowing hubby to carry my case and settle me into the passenger seat, I looked forward to my holiday in Stoke-on-Trent. Holidays in inverted commas. <laughs> the thing is, anywhere that you can get away when you've got young children is exciting, isn't it? Oh, yes. I mean, it's great, isn't it? Oh, I, I mean, not even young children. I remember after lockdown, when my husband went back to work and my son went back to school, I felt like I was on holiday that day. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I actually skipped down the hall and punched the air and went, yes! <laughs> not that we don't love having them around, but... Oh, no, you know. no, it's great. <laughs> We love, them, we love them to pieces. Oh, yeah, that me time. So she's really looking forward to this, isn't she? Even though she's going to hospital. The train was on time. The changes were seamless. And before I knew it, we were pulling into Stoke Railway Station. I looked for a cafe and was pleased to see one on the concourse. This will be nice, I indulged as I ordered lunch and a large cappuccino and then settled down to peruse the crossword in the metro, which I'd picked up on the train. Ah, oh, simple things, simple pleasures. I suppose I may have had another little memory lapse, as time seemed to stand still while I pondered over the clues. For the next thing I knew, it was 3.30pm. I needed to check into the hospital at 2.30pm. So up I jump and head for the taxi rank outside, completely forgetting about my suitcase under the table. Oh, Joy, no! No way. Oh. The news on the TV was alarming, as only the day before, war had broken out in the Gulf. And I remember watching as British and Allied planes bombed Iraq with complete and utter abandonment. The nation was poised on high alert. We hadn't had an engagement like this since the Falklands War, they said. Oh, my days. The news switched to local coverage of the day's events in Stoke and surrounding area. Oh, no. A bomb alert had been raised at Stoke Railway Station. <laughs> Ro- <laughs> I think we know what's coming here, right? Oh, Roads my been- God. It could only be Auntie Joy. <laughs> Roads had been closed and the army had sent a bomb disposal squad to blow up a suitcase left in the cafe. (laughs) It suddenly dawned on me that it was my suitcase and that soon I would be without any pyjamas and wash bag. (laughs) I raced down to reception and blurted out my story, apologising over and over again. The police were called, they phoned the army and then interviewed me and took a statement. No doubt there was a big sigh of relief all round, but my face was burning with embarrassment and shame as I kept apologising and explaining that this was exactly why I was at the hospital. (laughs) I put it to the top of the hospital list. (laughs) Yes, straight to the top. (laughs) Eventually, they seemed to be satisfied that I was who I said I was, just a menopausal, fair, fat, 40-something woman. Joy, you were never fat, stop it. (laughs) My suitcase, which had been broken open, was brought up to Ward 5 much later by the ward sister. She was quiet and kind and promised that the doctors would be doing all they could to help me over the coming week. My perimenopausal years were soon followed by a full-blown menopause. But it was only when I found out about HRT things began to improve for me. Brain fog, memory loss, amnesic absent-mindedness, no recollections, all symptoms to a lesser degree of the menopause and yet we women motor on, stoic, uncomplaining, yet always making great efforts to do the best for everyone. 
Thank you, Jenny and Kate, for your efforts to do the best for us. Oh, oh. Auntie Joy. <laughs> She's such a Thank treasure. You, Auntie Joy. Isn't she just? Oh. Can you believe that story, though, Kate? I mean, the timing and everything. The fact the Gulf War. I mean, every- <laughs> it actually came on the television and it was her suitcase. <laughs> She'd got to her ward by then, but she still hadn't realised that she hadn't got a suitcase. It's only do when these she saw things it on the happen telly. to real people? It's, it's <laughs> like they do to your auntie Joy. Yeah, all the stories happen to Joy. I think that's what we can just uh, conclude here. All the oh. mad stories have happened to Joy at some point. There's been like the the wee in the laundry basket, hasn't there? There's been the the blowjob. Oh yeah. Yeah, the blowjob. <laughs> um, if you don't know what we're talking about, I suggest you go back and listen to that because it's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> and now she's got like a high, high alert like, bomb. Yeah. Threat. Oh, and the other one, the other one was the. Um, do you remember the very first one we had, which was the hot water bottle? Oh, she, cold water bottle. The cold water bottle that she'd put up her jumper and then it fell out. <laughs> oh. We can never have too many. Don't apologise for, for Auntie Joy giving us all these stories, Jenny. Yeah. We've never. We've more. I know you said we've had two this season. I think we could have one every episode and I'd be we happy. We could have more. We could have more. Thank you, Joy. Thank you so much. Oh, this next letter is called Birthday Shame. Oh. It's anonymous. It's been sent to us by an anonymous writer who says, Dear Jenny and Kate, it was the summer of 2007. I feel that should be set to music. <laughs> Yeah. Summer, like the summer of 69 it's like yeah it's like in the start of um dirty dancing isn't it that's what she oh, says yeah auntie joy started her letter by saying what the date was and now oh yes oh, now we've got yeah. another one it's nice to know where we're at so it was the summer of 2007 my son was only six months old and we were on our very first family holiday together in austria those first few months are hard work as any parent will tell you and the sleepless nights play havoc with your emotions Combine that with the seesawing hormones during those first few months when your periods haven't really come back properly and you've got a recipe for disaster. My birthday falls in August and this was going to be my very first birthday as a family of three. I was really quite excited about that and was looking forward to seeing what my baby was going to give me for his very first present. Ooh. <laughs> She's got a super baby who's <laughs> yeah. out and picked a prezzy for her. <laughs> yeah, six months old. Ah, oh, yes, yes. I know that's stupid, but I had hoped that my husband would have been out and bought a special little gift, especially for me, from our newborn son. Yes, actually, really lovely. What a lovely idea. I mean, I'd really built this one up in my head and couldn't wait for the special day to arrive. I'd even imagined I was going to get a handmade card with a handprint on it or something along those lines. <laughs> oh, oh, I hope she's going to, but I've got a nasty feeling that she might not. Mm. All right. Imagine my disappointment then when all I was given was a really shit card <laughs> in German wishing me a happy Geburtstag. <laughs> <laughs> I speak German, so I can like, like Herzlichen Glückwunsch, Herzlichen Glückwunsch zum Geburtstag. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, oh sorry, <laughs> yeah, go on. Birthday cards in Germany are not great. Like, really, <laughs> this is a missing. If I lived in Germany, or maybe I could even do it from here, actually, but it's a real missing gap in the market. I would say, you know, our card shops here are incredible, and anytime my mother-in-law comes over, she kind of goes crazy in the card shops because. The card selection in Germany is shit. You're yes. quite right, okay. anonymous right. writer. So even had 
hubby chosen the best of the best from one of those it, it would have been a yeah, shit one <laughs> it would have been probably quite shit yeah yeah <laughs> i remember it was several shades of washed out yellow and it had a bit of... <laughs> the germans do everything so well so it's, it's, it's sort of an, a constant surprise to me that that this is this is missing and i do think i could make my fortune here jenny yes kate yeah well don't tell everyone keep it to Ooh. yourself <laughs> <laughs> you're right it was several shades of washed out yellow and it had a bit of tacky glitter on it. No little handprint, no special present, and there wasn't even pretend baby writing inside. <laughs> oh. Oh, just a German birthday card that had obviously been purchased in a panic the day before. Gutted. <laughs> Combine this with my fluctuating hormones and I found myself on my birthday cradling my son by a beautiful lake and bawling my eyes out. Whilst my husband made a mental note to get the finger paints out next year. Uh, now, Kate, we do have a name for that uh, writer I've just seen. Um, it, it was me. <laughs> oh, Jenny! Was it you? Yeah. So when you were laughing along there, I was laughing, but I was laughing more at your reaction than the fact that I'd written it. <laughs> That's me, Kate. Yeah, I thought I'd save oh, that to the end. Oh, no. <laughs> now, I'm only revealing this because I'm pretty sure my husband doesn't listen to the podcast. So I'm just relying on him not actually tuning in for this one. <laughs> but that whole, that whole scenario happened. I really did expect to get a little present and a card. I'm going to keep my voice down now in case he's listening um from from my from my baby from my son yeah because it was my first one and it's what I would have done if it, his birthday come first I would yeah. definitely have got a special little thing oh this is what our little boy's just bought for you cute you know obviously he yeah. hasn't out and bought it but just a cute little thing and you know the handprint idea I thought oh that'd be really nice oh. and the fact it was the really really shit washed out I said what is the how do you say happy birthday again it's the, what's the first bit yes yeah with all those words <laughs> on it like filling <laughs> filling the front cover no present nothing but you know what happens now is um is that because of that day and I was crying and then I think we had a big falling out about it you know because I was massively hormonal like hugely hormonal that day and tired because obviously my son hadn't been sleeping six months old and um but now he almost goes overboard on every single birthday Excellent. since. <laughs> Excellent. I think he thinks I'm going to kick off otherwise. He gets oh. the banners out and the balloons and, you know, even now. So, you know, it was the right thing to do. Even had you not been hormonal, yeah. I, th I might have to try that. Try it. <laughs> did you at yeah, least, so did you get at least like something special from him? Or was this, was the, was the German birthday card, was it like a combined one from, from your son and your husband? Or did you get two shit German birthday cards? I honestly couldn't tell you. He is really actually good at birthdays. And I think mm. he always was then. So, so I don't even remember because all I was fixated. Guess what? Get fixated yeah. again, hormones, yeah. on this one thing. I couldn't even tell you what he'd bought me that year or whether he'd given me a card. But I bet you anything he'd bought me something lovely. And I bet he'd bought a really nice card. Um, but all I was fixated on, I'm still whispering. <laughs> was what you got all from I your baby. All I was fixated on <laughs> was what my six-month-old baby had not bought me. <laughs> I, God, but that is what I was like when that, oh, you yeah, that couldn't was see like, the beauty of the lake, or you could see no, no. Was that washed I remember out cards. vividly where I was, Kate, crying, and my whole family were on holiday with us that year, and um, I was trying to explain myself, I think, to my mum and my sister, and I don't, I, I'm not even sure to this day whose side they were on. 
I think it was just being kind to me because I was upset, but probably thinking, she's overreacting a little bit here. <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> he has bought her a really nice present. I, mean, she probably, I bet he had bought me a really nice <laughs> present. But I no memory of what it was because it was just the yellow card that washed out yellow. It was like a sunrise, which makes sense. Have nice, you still got it awesome. or did you throw it out in, in anger? I have kept every single card that I've ever had from my son, which makes me think I might have kept it, but it, photo, I'll have to please. have a look. Photo on Instagram. Yeah, I know where it will be if I've got it. So I'll pop that up on Instagram. If <laughs> I actually want to see it again now. But I hadn't even written in, you know, pretend childish writing. In fact, I think I had been saying to my mum and my sister, which he probably overheard something like, oh, I can't wait to see what, you know, what the baby's bought me this year. You know, sort of joke, joke. <laughs> and he probably, he must have sort of heard it and panicked and thought, damn, I better go out. In fact, probably what I should do now is get him to write his version of that story up for us. Yes, please do. <laughs> I should, shouldn't I? Yeah, because he won't have forgotten it. Because like I said, he does make quite a big deal now every birthday since. Like from the baby, like it was always like when my baby was small, every year there was, and birth and Christmas, there was always something. <laughs> Specifically from the baby, yeah. Oh, Hormones. I tell you, I've always suffered, always suffered from hormones like that, you see. Always. It's, it's, it's cursed me. But anyway, Austria, beautiful go. Austria, you and I know you. I know you're a big fan of Austria because you're a big fan of the sound of music, aren't you? I am a huge fan of the sound of music. And do you know where we got married, Kate? Have I ever told you? Tell me. So we got married in Salzburg, and our wedding photographs are standing on the steps of the steps that the von Trapps jump up and down singing Do Re Mi. Oh, you know those steps. God. That is where we stood for our oh. wedding photos. Oh, you see, I did know heaven. actually that you got married there. I knew that there was this, some sound and music link, but on those steps, I, I hadn't I hadn't pictured that. That's so lovely. And then guess what? The next bit of it was. So the next part, we went off to have the the wedding lunch at this beautiful place called Hellbrunn Palace, and that is where they have recreated the summer house from the sound of music so you can oh. go and actually see the summer house did you like dance around the sides and then do that like that do of course i did and did you say <laughs> you can't actually like go easel. in it because unfortunately there was some building work going on around there obviously at the time <laughs> um have i ever told you this story about because my auntie joy was there obviously oh of course and uh, this this is a little indication of how sort of slightly crazy she was um so we were having our photographs taken at the summer house from the sound of music and um, all of a sudden, I could see my Auntie Joy rushing along the path, ushering along a nun. Jenny, Jenny, I found a nun. I found a nun. Look, look. And then this nun had no idea what was going on whatsoever. She was just nodding and smiling because I had my wedding dress on. And Joy went, look, we can get a photograph. And so my auntie, in fact, that whole day, my auntie took the most random photographs deliberately. She was taking all these kind of offbeat moments that were going on throughout the day. One of which was me with this nun. It was so funny and so Auntie Joy, you know, absolute classic. Will you please introduce me to her sometime? Oh, <laughs> without a doubt. In fact, Kate, let's do a little podcasty bit with her. We'll try and get her on Zoom and try and record with her. Uh, you know get her to write a letter and then she can read it out live what about that our whole family does love the sound of music so we've got this in common with you and I'm wondering your wedding dress you you didn't use some of the curtains (gasps) oh the curtains Oh, I missed the trick. I should have made my sister, who, you know, wasn't nice to me about the shoes, mm-hmm. as punishment. She was my bridesmaid, but I should have made her wear a bridesmaid dress out of the curtains, shouldn't totally. I? Totally. Yeah, got my own back and then got, got some horrible shoes and made her wear them as well. Oh. <laughs> I'm only joking, Lucy. You can renew your vows <laughs> and do that. Um, so on that note, I think we should just say thank you very much and wish everybody a very happy whatever day they're listening day. And we'll see you again next week. And next week, exciting, exciting news is our Christmas special. Ooh, Christmas stories, please send them in. You can email us, dearhormones at yahoo.com 
or you can contact us via Instagram at Dear Hormones. And that's going to be the last one in the season as well. That'll be our 10th episode this uh, this season. So that'll be our, our big farewell for a few weeks before we come back with some more. Um, anyway, thank you again and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. That was Dear Hormones with Jenny Smith and Kate Baus. If you've got a story to share, email the girls at dearhormones at yahoo.com or they're at dearhormones on Instagram. Until next time...